0: Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith.
1: And you are joining us on uh, 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio on with On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany where we are proud to be American descendants of the formerly enslaved, where our politics is black first. We just happen to be in the Republican Party here right now because that's who holds power in Texas. All right. All right. We have two two of our wonderful guests uh, on uh, on with us today. Our honorary co-host uh, Reginald Brumman, uh Ballard. Uh, So we're really honored uh, to have him. He's been really uh, as we uh, as we begin to review and look at kidney disease and how it disproportionately affects uh, African-Americans and also uh, brown people as well. So uh, also, we've been really, really blessed to have with us uh, Professor Mario Salas. Uh, uh, I just love his writings. Uh, he, uh, he recently uh, did a presentation, not recently, he did a presentation during COVID called, uh, which he, he called it a, uh, medical apartheid. And I thought that was very fitting. Uh, and so we want to discuss that. And so oftentimes I know with conservative uh, radio viewers, they, they get upset about that. But I also often remember this quote uh, by Malcolm X, don't be so patriotic, right, that you are that you deny reality. So that's the one thing I keep in mind is don't be so patriotic that you will deny reality. And we don't want to deny reality because we want to correct it and be a demonstration of how to go about and do that. All right. Off my soap horse, <laughs> off my soap box, not horse. All right. Uh, so, Professor Salas, talk to us of when you say medical apartheid. Right. Most people think of South Africa. They think uh, of that. So explain that uh, to us. What do you mean when you say that?
2: Okay, well, the term obviously originated there in South Africa, and it uh, was a term of racial, it meant racial segregation, it meant racial hatred, it, it meant the mistreatment of South Africans by the minority uh, white population uh, in that country. And so that particular term, along with that understanding, is comes to the United States when we talk about Medical discrimination, medical oppression, medical uh, apartheid, and so that's kind of in a nutshell kind of what uh, where I'm going with that.
1: All right, I like that because what I find well when you start reading through the literature which here you know, one of the things that uh, I serve on the board of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and as you go through uh, the literature, you see the facts are that Black people are disproportionately impacted by kidney disease, right? We're disproportionately impacted uh, where we don't get the things that could help us, there are new medications, new therapeutics, new treatments out, and so we don't get access to those. And I always feel like it is where people are hiding information and knowledge for, from us. I don't know if that's intentionally or not. It feels like it is right when you look at the numbers and everything that's one of the things uh that uh that often that that stands out and starkly hits you that, hey, there is a disproportionate, uh, disproportionate impact on the negative uh, for people who are uh, of uh, who, for people who are the descendants of American slaves and also just br- uh, brown people in general as well. Uh, and then on the positive things like transplantation, access to the therapeutics, you know, we don't get those. Items. And so would you comment on that uh, if you don't mind?
2: Yeah. um, Well, there's all those diseases you mentioned, diabetes included, and the ones you mentioned, uh, people, African-Americans in this country have been often been very reluctant to uh, seek out uh, medical attention uh, when it's available. And that's another problem. It's often not available. Mm -hmm. We don't have the number of pharmacies that we should have in most African-American communities. And, And so there's a, uh, people call it a pharmacy, a pharmacy desert, mm-hmm. uh, to some degree. And, and then that there's that hesitancy on the part of many African Americans, black folk, who are just reluctant or they mistrust, uh, the medical community because of a very long history of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, for a very long history of abuse going all the way back to, to slavery, um, and actually uh, after slavery as well. So, we have these problems uh, of not enough medical uh, facilities, not enough hospitals, not enough doctors in certain areas, mostly black areas, uh, as well as an overall distrust of, of the uh, medical profession as well. Um, and understand, it's understandable when you, in, in 2023, you get doctors telling people, uh, and I've actually heard this, Doctors telling people, well, black people don't uh, experience as much pain as as other people. They can <laughs> pain better than any other group. And and, oh, wow. and, and that came at that. Yeah. Yeah. That idea actually came from slavery. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and here, here I'm talking 2023. And there's still doctors who are hearing that somewhere and then saying it over to other people. When I originally made a presentation before the health department they actually said that to me. These are doctors yeah. who said they had to tell other doctors to stop saying that. It's not true. So that's an example of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, any comment on that, Reggie?
3: It's like, you know, and, and, and uh, another, something to add to that. It's like in the black communities, you know, as like you say, as uh, far as pharmacists, and it's, it's almost like, you know, they, they, they have all the bad uh, food restaurants, like the Kentucky Fried Chicken and Popeye's. They they, they put in the black neighborhood to get us sick, and then they don't have the pharmacist to get the medicine to help us when we're sick. <laughs> you
2: know? Reggie, yeah. they got all the grease there, right? All the grease.
3: <laughs> all the grease you can find. Hair grease, but <laughs> heart <laughs> grease. <laughs> she grease. <laughs> yeah, You know, and I'm just realizing what you said about pharmacies in the black neighborhood. I'm thinking about that. It's like, that's that's the truth, because you see CVS's and Walgreens and stuff like that in uh, different neighborhoods, but then the pharmacies that you see in the black neighborhoods is, you know, the like a mom and pop type pharmacy, you know what I mean? Some, something that's like a little drugstore here a little drugstore there, you know, it's like a little small type type thing. I, I never realized that until you, you brought that up. That's, that's, that's interesting, right? There.
1: You, you know, and the thing that, uh, that, that draws at home for me, because, yeah. uh, what we've done here, at, what we've done with the foundation is we've kind of scaled it down. Tiffany's had to scale it down to just the, 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 the uh, the studs and the wiring to where we see everything, right? And so we're revamping how we approach this. And the one thing that, that we, that, that's there that you see in the literature, and we talk to physicians and nephrologists, there is this idea that black people are just genetically predispositioned for kidney disease. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable, right? When the very facts, when you read the literature and the facts say that the things that make people the most prone to any type of chronic kidney, any type of chronic disease, but especially kidney disease are high blood pressure and uh, and diabetes and you aren't destined to go there. Right. And so the big thing that we're really pushing is to have people screened early so they know their numbers and they see where they're going. Right. So instead of equipping people with those with that information and acting accordingly, because we have the technology, you don't have to guess about these things, but educating people and moving them in that direction. Right. So to all those people who say, "Ah, that's not true. This uh, you you guys exaggerating this whole apartheid thing. No, it's a true statement that black people are disproportionately affected. By these diseases, right? While doctors see us going in that direction and won't tell us.
3: And, you know, uh, my sister uh, in 07, she passed, she died from uh, uh, breast cancer. And it's known for black women as triple negative. And triple negative breast cancer affects more African American, uh, mm-hmm. you know, black women than it does any other. You know, but they concentrate on um curing and helping, you know, the the, the breast cancer that, that, that white women have. Yep. White women can't. But the, the triple negative is deadly. It's a real deadly thing. They don't really put that but I saw something today for the first time Is they have a new medicine out now for triple negative uh breast cancer and that's the first time I've ever heard of them dealing with that type of breast cancer. Yeah. When my doctor I'm mean, like my, my 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 sister doctor was you know, he's a black doctor, he said, Yeah, they don't they don't really um, you know, do a lot of research on triple negative breast cancer because it affects Black and Latino women.
1: Yeah, and 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 the other thing that I'm always uh, and that that brings with me is that. When we, when I see those facts, right, it makes my it makes my blood boil. And so I'm like, OK, what can be done about it? And in order for us to change those things, we have to get involved with the political process. Right. Before the radio st- was starting, I was telling you I was feeling fr- not feeling. I'm very frustrated with the Republican Party right now. Right. And so it just it's to the point. But it's 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 a worthy fight. If all I have to put up with is a bunch of looks and, you know, quote, unquote, uh, 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 microaggression, I can deal with that. Right. So but it is us getting involved in the process. Right. And I always say that you don't have to be in the party that I'm in. Right. I would like for you to be in the party. and help me push some of these people around and make some changes for us. But whatever, get involved politically in the process, because that's what changes things. It is the political process and policy that changes things. Right. You have to get involved in in those things and change those things. And so that's the part there. So to overcome apartheid. Right. To overcome these these crazy ideas that a lot of really smart people hold. Right. And I always say this, how you treat black people, how you treat the American descendants of slaves is how you would eventually treat everybody. Mm. And I'm telling you, that if you were, if you got some of the calls that we get right, the people that I'm talking to are all of all different uh, races, creeds, et cetera. And they're treating everybody like that because how they treat us. Right. It's how they treat everybody. And that's the thing that people uh, don't. That's what that's the things that people don't get. Right. So uh, I'm sorry. I I went on a tangent. This is what happens when I do too much research. drives me crazy. Uh, So just in terms, uh, Reggie, I don't know if this was your situation, but just in terms of uh, you got a kidney uh, transplant, just access to the information. Right. You, You find out, holy crap, my kidney's gone. So what does that feel like, and how do you go about navigating that? Is that – or is it just – walk through that.
3: You know, the the information that they give us when we go through our kidneys, uh, you know, when when your kidneys are failing, what they do is they tell you, okay, uh, this is what I want you to do. Uh, We just just keep coming. We're going to keep running tests. We're going to run this test. You come back again, run the test. And I never was getting the, the information that I might need a kidney or, you know, the process of, you know, exchange program or, um, you know, dialysis and all that. It wasn't coming to me, you know, in the beginning when I first went there. If I'd have known some of the things earlier, then maybe I would have took the, you know, the right precautions, not because like now they have medicine that slow slowed down, you know, slow mm-hmm. the process of the, um you know, your kidneys deteriorate, but um it was, it was it wasn't until i met another doctor on, on accident and he's the one that told me about you know his change program you can do this because they don't give you the information that you need What they give you is try to put you on different type of medicine medication or just keep on telling you to come back and, and it, it's almost like they're waiting for the moment that you have to go to dialysis so it's like you keep coming back and they know it i mean it 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 it's gonna get worse, you know what I mean? But they don't really tell it. It, it, it was like, he wasn't really telling me it was gonna get it was getting worse, it, it was like, just keep coming back, you know, let me run tests on you, let me run tests on you. Instead of like doing, I, I believe it could have been something else could have been done. I mean, maybe it could have gotten me on something that, that, you know, prolonged it. I don't know if this medicine was out at the time, but it was just, I didn't know my options. I, I didn't get all my options at one time. You know, it was just, you know, just peace, 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 just come back, come back, come back. It's like we're going to wait for it to get back before um, I can help you do anything else. Maybe he couldn't help me do anything else. But now there's a lot of options that you have now that, that I didn't know about. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah.
1: Professor Salas comment on that, that it, te- it seems to be this withholding of information and using uh, preconceived ideas to to uh, to push uh, uh, the uh, ADOS people down a particular path. Right. Versus giving us. All of our options. It almost feels like you have to have a network of people who can help you out. And we discover it by accident oftentimes for the few of us who are fortunate.
2: Yeah. You know, and, and what I would suggest to people who have serious health problems is that they do some research on their own. Look up their own disease and Google that. Um, look Look to see, because often he's right. Oftentimes doctors are not going to even tell you about what the latest research is, or they're not going to tell you about the experimental research that's available that has worked on some people. They, they don't tell you about those little details, um, but they just expect you to just keep hearing that, you know, come in, do this, do that without much detail. So what we have to do, I think, is become very astute at asking as many questions as possible mm-hmm. when, you get, when you get to the doctor. Because you, you got to ask them what. Why are you doing this, and what effect is this going to have on the rest of my body? What what did, what does the t- statistics show in terms of how long do I have to live when I, uh, in a condition like this? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I understand doctors have to tell you what the stats say. I understand that you you do have to tell people, well, you only have three years to live. You only have five years to live. But a doctor should always say. If he's going to say that, he should also say, but I'm not going, we can't always rely on those stats. We're hoping mm-hmm. you beat stats. We're hoping you beat those stats. And uh, and, and they don't bother. I've, I've never heard a doctor say that or anybody but one time uh, tell a close friend of mine uh, uh, in, in that way. I'm going to give you the stats, but I, we can beat the stats. Let's try. Let's fight hard. We can well, hopefully we can beat the stats. But I have to tell you what the stats say. If they said it that way, that'd make a world of difference. Uh, and then knowing which hospitals you could go to for the best possible treatment. There's some hospitals in our Nick of the Woods here in San Antonio. I wouldn't recommend you send your dog to. Um, I'm serious. Um, yeah, it's like a roach motel, right? You walk in, you don't walk out. You not. you're not coming out of that hospital because the, the doctors, for whatever reason, are not they didn't hire the top notch. They didn't get certified to practice at that hospital, the top notch ones. And some of them, because they knew the reputation of that hospital, don't want to be there. So they go to another hospital which has a great reputation. So we have to do all that homework ourselves. No hospital is going to tell you. Well, I don't know if you want to come here or not. <laughs> They're not going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So right. you got to you got to walk that road by yourself. So, I mean, here in San Antonio, uh, there, we used to tell people. Well, people were telling us, "Don't ever go to that hospital. You ain't coming out of it." Um, <laughs> you know. So, so that's a that's something. We as consumers of health, right? We have to get more astute at knowing what hospitals to go to, what doctors to avoid, Mm -hmm. you know. And and believe me, I ask a slew of questions when I go to a doctor. And if it's not satisfactory, goodbye, I'm going to go look for somebody else. So some some of this depends on our ability to be good consumer advocates for ourselves.
1: Yeah. And so uh, uh, we'll go ahead. Go ahead, Reginald. That's interesting that he said that because,
3: you can't always take a doctor's advice just on, on 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 the value of just because he's a doctor you know it, it's, it's no embarrassing thing or uh you know gonna hurt his feelings if you get a second opinion because i went when i first found out i had diabetes went to the, uh, uh uh urgent care and uh because i was urinating a lot and you know i was feeling tired and so i went and they put my blood sugar and they told me that my blood sugar was high. It was like 300. They say, you know, wow. that's diabetes. Yeah. You know what the doctor told me to do? Female doctor, I'll never forget. You know what she told me to do? She said, well, you're diabetic, you know, so, you know, people with diabetes drink juice, so let's go home and drink, you know, a lot of juice. <laughs> that was the <laughs> first thing to do. And I went and drank the juice, man. I got dizzy, and I could have died because yeah. of she gave me that sad advice. <laughs> oh. so, one hundred percent correct. <laughs> yeah. Well you, know. you, you got a
2: good point, Reggie. Even when you get the common cold, a doctor will tell you sometimes drink plenty of liquids. Really? What kind of liquids? The ones loaded the ones loaded with sugar? Yeah, exactly. I'm sick of hearing that one.
1: All right. Correct. It's
2: not hundred percent correct.
1: Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. And you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany. And just remember that Malcolm X quote, don't be so patriotic, right, that you are willing to deny reality.
4: We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to Our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. All
1: right, and we're back with On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of Conservative Talk Radio, where we are proud to be uh, the American descendants of the formerly enslaved, and our politics is always be one. Okay, so in that segment, we talk, we're going to get a lot of uh, emails and I'm going to get a lot of hatred because I got meetings next week with physicians. But uh, it is something that we do need to be aware of. Right. We uh, we are our own best advocates. Right. So one of the things. So when we talk about systemic racism. Right. One of the things that I have to deal with in the party is. Defining what that means to people, because people only view racism from 1960, 1950, right, where people were at uh, at at at, uh, at counters and being attacked and and attack dogs and those type of things is what people generally think of, right? but for me i when I think of racism, I think of people uh treating me differently, right? I just remember as a kid when we had to go it didn't matter what it was if there if you had to go to the emergency room, your leg could be bleeding. My mom made sure you were washed and clean right, and you had on your Sunday's best because that was the belief that we would get better treatment right and so and the reason i like the reason I want to discuss the People will will deny systemic racism, not realizing that these things are here because of things in the past. Right. That people believe that black people, physicians believe that black people can tolerate pain more. They believe all of these race based things because, from my belief, it serves their financial agenda. Right. And so uh, so when when we talk about systemic, when you think of when you talk to your students, Professor Solis, about systemic racism. What context do you bring? Do you use something similar to that? Or how do you bring that up and discuss that?
2: Well, racism is very old, um, uh, obviously attached to slavery. Slavery wasn't always about skin color. In ancient times, ancient slavery didn't matter what color you were. The Greeks had black slaves. They had white slaves. It didn't make any difference. So ancient slavery, much different from modern, well, slavery after fourteen hundred. And then it was based on skin color. And you can actually trace some of the first from the Portuguese and the Spanish, some of the first traces of racism uh, in their language and in their customs uh, when they were going and in, in, in transporting slaves from the West Coast of Africa, from the Canary Islands, and, and other places. So you'll see the development of the idea that darker skin is something to be hated, lighter skin is something to be loved. A darker skin is something not to be understood or given a characteristic that's inferior, given a characteristic that people don't feel pain because their skin is darker. or, or And they don't have that. some of the if you look at some of the literature from those days, they, they would say things like people don't have black people don't have uh, or people with dark skin don't have mm-hmm. the capacity to think on, on an intellectual level. Uh, and they're all super strong. They all got a bunch of muscles. So they should be, uh, they should be slaves and, and, and the, the people of lighter skin ought to be the people that control the world. And, and so this has been going on for, oh my God, 600, 700, 800 years, ever since, at least ever since the, uh, after the, the Moors are defeated in, um, in Spain. And so, um, the, and that's where it begins to happen, uh, where, Ugly characteristics begin to be attached to people with darker skin. So it starts way back when, way back in, the, in 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 the days of slavery, the early days of slavery, and then it it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop.
1: Tie that into now, right? So people, because we'll have people on the radio go, "Well, that happened right? then. Okay, it, it happened then. How does that okay. deal with now?
3: They just, had, they just had the 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 the, the, the march." Uh, uh, last weekend and they still got, they don't have the hoods, but they still had the face cover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about
1: how those attitudes affect processes today, right? So that people can see this, right? That there are processes and policies in the medical field, right? That are still there today because of those things that happen now. Kind of talk about that a little bit, if you would, Dr. Well, you,
2: you know, most of us have heard or know about the Tuskegee experiments where they injected black men with syphilis germs, didn't tell them that that's mm-hmm. what they were doing. So it was an experiment that all, lasted all the way to roughly 1972 or so. Yep. They it, it kept on going. And then, oh my God. And the number of black women who were sterilized without their knowledge, mm-hmm. black women like uh, Miss Lacks, Henrietta Lax, mm-hmm. whose cervical cells were stolen. And by yep. the way, by the way, every white person and black person that had a polio shot is walking around with the DNA of Henrietta Lacks in their body. Correct. So, so whether so whether you admit you have black people in your in your ethnicity <laughs> yeah. or not, yeah, sorry, it's there whether you like it or not, because the polio vaccine was made from a black woman's cervical blood cells. So yeah, yeah so so that record, telling people about that. Is something that we still are not being told in the educational system. Correct. We're not being told about more modern things in the educational system.
1: And yeah, that is a good place to end this segment. And you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. And we're back with On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 a.m. The Answer, home of conservative talk radio, where we are giving it to you straight no chaser, uh, where we are the proud American descendants of the formerly enslaved. And our politics is B1, black first. All right, Dr. Salas, I cut you off there. So uh, what did you want to say there?
2: Well, I was just going to say, going talking about the past, I I like this very famous quote someone once said, the past can never be quarantined from the present. uh, Because the past informs the present and the past informs the future. So when someone says, well, that was in the past, well, yeah, that doesn't take anything away from it um, Mm -hmm. because you can't quarantine what happened back then to say it doesn't have an effect now. And and, and to your question or your point about now, let's do that. Race norming is, is, is what's being used nowadays. It's like a, 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 a so-called, I call it pseudoscience, way of trying to come up with the National Football League has been using it. Um, we're, we're, and they said they will cease using this, but black players automatically are assumed under this statistical manipulation of race norming to have started off in a worse cognitive position so that when they get a concussion, uh, well, you know, he he must have already had a concussion to begin with. because so he's black. Um, that negro was dumb to begin with. That's why his IQs dropped, you, right? You, yeah, you said it like from from the hood, but that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. Um, and, and nowadays, that's called race norming, and the NFL has been accused of doing that. They're supposed to have stopped it, but a black player uh, and white players are perceived differently based on some raw score statistical formula uh, in which they're trying to say, like you said, that they came injured to the game in, in the, in the first place. Yeah,
1: came up short a few IQ points to begin with on that. <laughs> yeah. That's the part yeah, they're so, trying to say. So don't,
2: mm-hmm. so don't send him to the hospital right away. You know, don't, <laughs> not, yeah. where, where somebody else that happens right away. So that, that's a good example of racism that came from the past. That's yeah. still here in the 21st century.
3: You know what What you said about you said quarantine. You can't quarantine the, the past and the future. That's, that's what you said. You can't
2: but,
4: quarantine. But, right,
3: yeah. yeah. You know who's trying to do that now, right? That's DeSantis and Abbott. They're trying to take all the history books out, so they're trying to quarantine the past from the present. they making an effort <laughs> to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh,
2: where's the hammer so I can hit that nail right on the head? <laughs> but <laughs> and, and, and that's a...
3: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. And, and they are participating in and see, I always tell people, right. It's that process. Right. Like so for us, we see that process. And when you point that process out. Right. And which is why I always tell people when you are able to have the political juice and by political juice, I mean, you're able to bring the votes in. That's how you change things like that, where you have people making horrible recommendations by calling, I think, the, the phrase on slaves where they were a. Uh, uh uh transi- tr- uh transitioning right that slaves were transitioning they were transitioning they were transitioning Yep. Empl- work Transitional work. That is what they call. And you're sitting there. And you're like, who in the hell came up with this idea? Right. Let's call these things like they are. Right. So which is why I really like Professor Salas. Right. Uh, when I read his books, I'm like, wow, he said it. Right. And so is we aren't to be so committed or so patriotic that we can't acknowledge the past can't acknowledge reality. Right. I always say this. uh, I say black people, the American descendants of the formerly enslaved. We are the most patriotic individuals in America because we see the country for what it is. Right. And we still love it. We don't deny the past. We go, hey, that happened. And we know it has an impact now. Right. And one of the things that I, I'm always concerned about uh, as I get older is that people will lose the context. Right. In which we're doing things. Why is it important that you can't discriminate on race, creed, color, et cetera? Right. Because that's what was done in the past. Right. And then now that stuff is baked into the system. And when we identify those things, we have to begin to say, OK, let's unravel this and go get this corrected within the system.
2: Well, and yeah. And and we've hit on the educational system as Reggie pointed out uh, about them trying to deny they don't want us to use the word slavery anymore they don't want us to use talk about that they don't want us to talk about racism they they want us to act like white supremacy doesn't exist they they want us they don't want us to even mention the fact that the Alamo heroes were slave owners that they, they want to deny all of this like it never happened it's not important um, but but by saying that. You are, in effect, teaching a falsehood. Yep. You're, you are teaching a history. You're teaching something that's out of sync with a historical record. It's just totally, factually untrue um, of the way history is taught. And we all grew up with Christopher Columbus' Discovered America. No, he didn't. We all, we all, grew, up, <laughs> we all grew up. We all grew up. And, and I mean, really, the doc, primary source documents show that. It didn't happen that way. We all grew up with these, I call it racial fiction. We, we, we grew up with this racial f- fiction, and it's very hard for people to sometimes make uh, the change or understand what, what happened to them. And sometimes it's difficult for people to understand that. You have to admit to yourself, well, I've been lied to a long time. And so, for some people, that's hard to do because it creates a feeling of uh, you become uncomfortable that from, from a psychological point of view. But you have to do it. Otherwise you're living a, a falsehood you're you're living out something that's totally fictitious and uh and so that that's what I think what we have to do we have to keep teaching black history we have to keep teaching mexican american history we have to keep teaching Native American history we have to keep teaching that because it was never taught it was purposely Correct. avoided purposely avoided
1: yeah And that's why I always use the word ADOS interchangeably with black. Right. Because I want to remember that we are from the American descendants of the formerly enslaved. That is our origin and tie into this country for for most uh, for most black people. Right. Who are being here. Right. And I always refer. I always say I can go back. You know, I got, you know, six. Uh, uh, generations of of black people in America. So don't tell me that we're not America. Don't tell me I don't have a a culture, right? When uh, black people influence everything. We influence cool, we are the definition of cool. Right now, who are people worldwide trying to be like? They're trying to be like this next generation of black people, right? With the braids, the saggy pants, the slim, the, the slim uh, pants. Now, I don't like yeah. that because I can't fit into them. I'm sorry. I just can't.
3: Korea, Koreans old. right now, Koreans dance better than black
1: are true old, Kevin. Koreans dance
3: better than, than, old than old black people. Now, with our old dance. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, yeah, yeah. So we impact the culture. Right. In which yeah. also how we are treated as how everyone else is treated. Historically, yeah. the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendment, those were passed because of uh, uh, the freemen. Right. Our descendants right uh Solomon Stanfield right i i say that name because that's an ancestor of mine who was enslaved right outside of San Antonio and Gonzales those laws were created for them but who were the first people to use the 14th amendment right uh right naturalization right so the first people to use that was in was in california right a man of asian descent they wouldn't let back in the country he used the 14th amendment right right so historically everything that benefits uh, us as the American descendants of the formerly enslaved, everyone who comes into this country reaps the benefit of that. And that's why I push hard. That's why we push hard for us. Our specialty is, uh, is chronic kidney disease and rare Mm -hmm. kidney disease, because if we improve how we're treated and we improve how the education that we receive, everybody will reap the benefit of that. So, right. I'm sorry. I, I just get really passionate about this subject is that Uh-oh. we are the definition of cool.
3: I saw that shirt. The definition of cool. I saw a shirt that said they, they want our rhythm, but not our blues. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You know what? I was actually at a, I was at a football game one time and heard this guy behind me uh, say something like, something like hitting on your point, Reggie. He, this is I actually heard him say this. He said, he was talking to his wife or somebody white guy. He says, you know, I sure love the way them black, them black guys run that football, but I wouldn't want none of them coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about yeah. that. That's the schizophrenia of racism. I love yes. their yes. black talent, but I hate them. Now you mm-hmm. tell yeah. me how crazy. That's crazy. Absolutely insane.
3: That's yeah. yeah. That, that's insane right there. It's like you know, like I say, they want the rhythm, but not the blues. It's like they, you know, would prefer everything like like. You know when olympic time comes oh man black the black man you know uh, they love us olympic time you know track and field they love us you know they represent oh we won 16 gold medals None of them be black <laughs> yeah <laughs> After that, that is like hey you know like when tommy smith and um uh, john carlos man did the you know they caught hell for that caught hell for mm-hmm. that but they represented the country they won the medals for the country and they still you know, gave them hell. You know, I, I don't understand that, man. It, 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 it it's they want that? They want our rhythm, but not our blues, man. They want to be like us and like the things that we bring to this country. So you know, just celebrate. Everybody should celebrate all the the different cultures and the stuff that that we bring, and it'll be a better place, man. We 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 are stronger, you know, than other countries because of the diversity that we have over here. You know,
2: yeah, and, but, and don't, don't use don't use that word diversity. Oh, they oh that'll make some people really mad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. another crazy idea in the 21st century when we're talking about how things are still not white supremacy has a long lifetime. It has, it, like I said, it changes, it morphs, it, it you know, it goes from overt slavery to semi-slavery to slavery by another name. You know, it's, Black folks aren't the N-word anymore. You know, then, then it went to, to what it went to colored, then it went to Negro, sure. then it went to, to black, and then it went to African American, now black back to black. So but I, I understand that because people who have been treated, have been oppressed. They do have all, all people who have been oppressed have trouble with self-identification. And white folks don't get away from it either because they were something else before they were white. They got collapsed into a box too, even though they They don't want to talk about that. They were Irish and German and Italian and French and so on and so forth. When they come to this country, oh, sorry, y'all are supposed to forget about that. Now all you people are white. And this is how they create white supremacy. So they can create this box of Western Europeans that are supposed to hate everybody else. And when one white guy stands up and says, I ain't going to do that, oh, they go after him like white on rice. He, he, becomes, he becomes an yeah. official black man, even yeah. if he's yeah.
3: not. Yeah. And I, one. I was I, I listening to, uh, I was looking at an old program, man, uh, back in the day, like old classic stuff. I was with Johnny Carson. And they had Don Rickles and uh, Frank Sinatra on there. Don Rickles was like, yeah, you know, I'm Jewish and you Italian. And he looked at Johnny Carson. And you, uh, uh, well, whatever. <laughs> he's like, what are you? <laughs> Yeah, it was like, you know, they, they can't really identify, you know, with, with who they are either. You know, yeah, it's like, I, you know, yeah, where you come from? You, you didn't come from here. You know, this yeah, is not your country.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, and what you see yeah, a lot. Uh, uh, Sinbad once said, he came to San Antonio, the comedian Sinbad, and he he looked out in the audience. He said, well, how come in Texas they always talking about, hey, we need to stop all these immigrants from coming here? He said, and then he said, hell, all y'all in this audience ain't from here.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all all, y'all, uh, need, all y'all need All, like y'all, Native
2: need. American all yeah. y'all need to get <laughs> Yeah. And exactly. so,
1: one of the things that people from a historical context don't uh, have failed to see, right, is that this is actually the last um, 50 to the last 60 years or so has been uh, the second expression uh, of us trying to include everyone in this great american experience. You think post slavery, right? After the war ended in 1865. And so from about 1865 up until about uh 18 we'll say 80, 1880. Right, black people were being included in the mainstream in terms of policy making. Uh, there was federal assistance to to put down uh, race uh, violence against black people. There was this inclusion where black people were beginning were embracing the american we had already embraced the American way, where we could be free to express are an advance in America. And so you if you historically go back and look, black people were successful in all these genres uh in terms of academics, in terms of uh, uh uh financial achievement, right? But that was all put down, you know, after about 1880 when uh they began to instill Jim Crow. So people always point at uh right now currently a point at Tulsa, right, which was 1921, but they failed they failed to mention All of the stuff that had previously happened before 1921 that made it the norm when black people are successful, you burn them down. Right. And that's important to realize that is that now we're in this new iteration of freedom where we kind of get where we're getting away from Jim Crow, a.k.a. apartheid in America. Right. So we're we're away from that. And so now we, we are, we have a, a, a greater degree of freedom and expression, right? Which is why I always remember that. So now we can get, we can be involved in the processes. Go ahead.
3: this: let me ask you this. Do you think it's a coincidence that black people have uh, a higher rate of uh, kidney disease, higher rate of heart disease, higher rate, of, of diabetes high rate of high blood pressure high rate of uh of black women and, and, and triple negative breast cancer i mean i mean is that just that's just something in our dna or was that something planted it's like how how did that it, it's almost like racism is inside of disease <laughs> do you <laughs> want to reply to that like so how, how is that how is that did, did, did that just it, just it's happen? Not,
2: it's not dna it's environmental Yep. and if you look at black neighborhoods like in San Antonio there's it's always a really richy kind of neighborhood called willow Wood and m- people move there some nice houses and everything back in the back in the day but what they didn't know is built on top of a dump on top of a land re- refuge dump and so people get cancer from that people sometimes black neighborhoods are close to railroad tracks or they're they're, or they're built on top of dumps where they were dumping trash, toxic material. And, and, and so this kind of stuff is going on all the time. And in addition, I like what Malcolm X once said too about in, in, the, in the black communities, we get the worst kind of food. You don't have the really fresh vegetables in the black communities like you have in other parts of town. There seems to be a vegetable desert to some degree, or if there is vegetables, they're not as good they're not as well grown as in other place uh, parts of the city. So we, so it's. It, I think it's mostly environmental uh, that we suffer from these diseases. And then, oh my God! And then, it, of course, it's it's habit. Of course, it, what were slaves fed? The worst parts of the hog, right? Pig feet, right? The the, the worst parts of, of the of the animal, yeah. And, and the parts that are less nutritious, right? And, and so we we grow up doing that. With Some guys barbecue every day of the week, inhaling that smoke from the barbecue yeah. pit. Yeah. Uh, and then how, how how long and how often did they program blacks to smoke cigarettes? You know, be cool. In our time frame, I think it was about our time frame, cool, right? All black folks were smoking cools. That's right. right? That's right. And That's it, right. Was um, it was king you. So, even, yeah, so even the cigarette industry had played a role in, in producing cancer, lung cancer and other forms of cancer. Um, and, and so people that are poor, people that are impoverished, uh, as well as people who are middle class, are the victims of this kind of environmental injustice. And, and it's based on racism.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And and I always think that we uh, Have to uh, arise uh, For ourselves and educate ourselves About these things so we can make better Choices and and, uh, So that's the thing there and uh, You've been listening to On the Record With Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM The Answer, home of conservative Talk radio
4: Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany On YouTube And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany, and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house, just like at ours. All right, and we're back.
1: On 9:30 a.m., the answer home of conservative talk radio, uh, with on the record with Kevin and Tiffany. Uh, hey, where our politics is uh, is B one black first because we know if we help ourselves, other people get the benefit from that. All right. So we just talked about all of the the different things uh, that are impacted, uh, that impact us as the American descendants of the formerly enslaved. Right. So let's talk going forward. What are some of the things that we can do to change these things? Right. Uh, As a, a as an NOI person often says, hey, the white man can only do so much to us. Right. At some point, we've got to stand up and we've got to take control of our own lives. So what do we do going forward with that? What are some solutions that you see, Dr. Salas?
2: We got to keep on fighting number 1 we got to keep on demanding that black studies be taught in schools mm-hmm. we got to keep on demanding that things that are being taught that are untrue be looked at mm-hmm. be dissected and the truth in the education system must must come forward I, I don't think they can put that genie back in the bottle they're trying real hard to do that as reggie pointed out the, the governor and the other people in different states they're trying to put the genie back in the bottle. It's too late. We're not going to let him put it back in the bottle. We're going to keep. I, I told some students one day, they approached me and they said that they were told. They, and this was a high school in Alabama. They, they had they sent me an email and said that they were removed. Their program, their black history program was removed because it was concentrating too much on slavery. And they asked me, what would you do? I said, I'd go buy a bullhorn. Take up a donation by bullhorn, and teach black history on the sidewalk in front of the superintendent's office uh, or in front of the governor's office and do that. Get to, get some people to volunteer to teach that class. We're going to keep teaching it, whether they like it or not.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I agree yeah. with that. And I think you should uh, uh, change by voting. Both these same dudes and these same people that that had this ideology, vote them right out. Right yeah. out of office, you know, get them out of there, then, you know, um, vote the people that's, you know, see, like you see things and, and the, the correct way. I mean, you know, you could see, uh, you have two different ideologies, but you can't erase something that already happened. You mm-hmm. can't, you know, it, it, it's no, it's no, um, uh, that's not, it, I don't know how to put it, but it, you just can't say that this didn't happen. And, and I don't want my kids to know that, that this happened. You know, why you don't want your kids to know that it happened? You know, because your kids might look at you in a different way and be like, oh, now I see why you're trying to uh, suppress these people. Why are you trying to do this, you know, uh, uh, make this happen for these people? Because of what happened with your ancestors, but they did, you know. So a lot of white kids around, you know, starting to, you know, and they, they have, even when rap music came out, I mean, you have more white kids buying rap music than black kids. Yeah. And I don't think think parents like that, you know? So um, they're not only trying to stop the past from happening, but they're trying to stop their kids from carrying our legacy into the future.
1: Yeah, and for me, me, the importance around that is that it's important to understand history, because right now, you know, that generation of people who are who are enslaved. Uh, I had a great I had a, a second great grandmother who died in 54. Right. Who was born a slave. Right. And so that generation kind of died off. Now, the generation of, of people who experience firsthand, you know, Jim Crow and apartheid in America, that generation is passing away. Right. So that, 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 uh, Jim Crow was an insulting process, right? It, it, it insulted your very being in essence that you, because you are, are descended, uh, uh, of, of the formerly enslaved. You have some type of African descendancy. You're not good enough. And everything in society reinforces that. I just remember as a kid coming through the 70s, not having the paradigm to understand, like, why do these people feel this way? Why do they consider me less than? Right. And not getting that. Right. And so that's the part that people failed to to uh, to get that. When you look at the history books, there's only a thin chapter about black people's contribution to american history. Mm. I always I always think this I always laugh at this, right? Cuz my kids came and they had a picture of uh, of George Washington Carver, right? Peanut, he he made peanuts, he grew peanuts. And I laugh about that because they will they will bring him up in history but won't bring up the man who hired him, right? The man who hired him, Booker T Washington, right? Mm. And there's controversy around Booker T Washington. I get that, right? But why not bring him up? He actually participated in establishing Tuskegee, right now. Good, bad indifference. A lot of smart black people came out of that. Right. They won't tell you that. Hey, also 18 after 1865, there were land grants set up. That's where some of the first black universities were established. Right. They rob you of that. They completely rob you of that. And it's not the fact, let's tell black history. Let's include black people in the telling of the American story. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Right. Include us, include us that our achievements aren't simply just, oh, you know, Reggie, you got a little bit of something. Dr. Salas, you achieved a little bit of something. Hey, we came literally as a rapper safe today from the bottom, a generation. We came from the bottom. Now we're doing better. And the other thing that annoys me, right, is post-Civil War. Right. Let me tell you, when you look at the statistics that were gathered by w E Du Bois. Right. Black people were doing well. Black people, in the words of today, the they were killing it. They were doing well. Don't tell me we can't compete. We can. Right. I know we can compete because I compete every day. Right. And this ties over into what we're talking about in terms of uh, uh, of medical apartheid is when you talk with people, some of the beliefs that, that these individuals in the medical field have is they're, they're atrocious and you see it in the numbers and then people want to gaslight us. And then the processes we have to go through to correct those is is, that is infuriating as you get involved in the process. So. You know, going forward, what do we do? We get in the process. We, we get in the mix politically and around the policies, and we're uncompromising around that. You've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM The Answer, home of conservative talk radio.
0: You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930AMTheAnswer.com and join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany. Tiffany. Tiffany on 9.30 a.m. The Answer.